On today's Domain Sherpa, we're joined by Charlie Schrem, one of the very first people even aware of Bitcoin and a brilliant catalyst in the crypto industry. Plus, Andrew Rosner, CEO of domain brokerage firm Media Options, an expert who sees radical opportunity built on the intersection between domains and crypto. Listen to today's show for a thought-provoking conversation from two innovative leaders. First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds, keep your merchandise safe, and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust. Finally, if you're a domain name investor, don't you have unique legal needs that require domain name technical know-how and industry experience? That's why you need Stephen Lieberman of Greenberg and Lieberman or Jason Schaefer of Esquire.com. Go search for Jason Schaefer or Stephen Lieberman on Domain Sherpa, watch their interviews, and you can see for yourself that they can clearly explain issues, can help you with buy-sell agreements, deal with website content issues and UDRP actions, and even help you write your website terms and conditions. Stephen Lieberman and Jason Schaefer are the lawyers to call for internet legal issues. See for yourself at Esquire.com or APlegal.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. We are delighted to have Charlie Schramm on. Uh, Charlie of Crypto IQ. you're one of the earliest adopters of Bitcoin. And the reason that we want to have you on Domain Sherpa is uh, one of my favorite quotes of yours, blockchain check. Blockchain technology is not just money, it's a whole new infrastructure. Charlie, will you give us a background for a minute or two, who you are and how you became one of the very first Bitcoin investors? Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on the show today. Hey, Drew and hey, Tess. Um, um, I got involved in crypto in early 2011, late 2010, when uh, crypto actually didn't really exist. It was just called Bitcoin because it was just one. Yeah. Um, but... <laughs> I was in the right place at the right time and I uh, was just hanging out on an IRC chat room one day and someone started talking about this crypto thing. I don't know who that person was. It could have been part of the original Satoshi group. And um, I, I fell down the rabbit hole and fell in love with it and I realized that this is the next, this is it. This is the next iteration of um, the internet. This was, you know, the internet, my father and, and his generation was around when the internet had its whole huge uh, coming out and how it shaped the world that we live in today. And then I realized Bitcoin is going to be a lot bigger than money. It's going to be um, bigger than that. And it's going to shape the infrastructure and everything that we're doing will be around blockchain tech. And it's going to take a very long time. The first thing I needed to do was get Bitcoin in the hands of as many people as possible. So I started a company back then to make it easier for people to buy and sell Bitcoin, which was been instant. We launched in 2010, uh, 2011. And uh, we were handling uh, almost all the volume of people buying and selling Bitcoin in those days. Um, and it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Went on and founded the Bitcoin Foundation and just was involved in a lot of projects and um, had a lot of fun along the way and did a lot of really cool stuff. And here we are almost, almost 10 years later or nine years later. It's crazy how much time has flown. Yeah, it's a so, bit of a wild ride for you, I think. Um, so you really saw right off the bat that um, you know the internet had been a new change for your father's generation, and this would be the new change for this generation. 
Um, you know, many domain investors recognized and were early adopters of the domain name system in, in a similar way. I think it's that, yeah, it's definitely the same principles. Um, so I know that you've worked with our CEO, uh, Drew Rosner here, um, on the domain side of things. Um, as you've learned more about domain names, you know, what characteristics do you see in common and what makes them different? Um, it's, it's a good question. Um, it's a very good question. I'll tell you personally the way I see it. Um, with, with cryptocurrency, a lot of people who buy cryptocurrency today see it as an alternative asset class, right? So, you know, the, back in the day, it was you, wanted, you have a portfolio, you want to diversify your portfolio, stocks, bonds, cash, whatever. Now it's people want passive or active income that, um, and alternative real estate investments more for like the digital age. So personally, you know, I have a portfolio that includes real estate, but it includes real estate that I could create, um, create income off of. I have some digital assets and I saw do domains uh, as being long-term digital assets because they have the same properties as Bitcoin. Um, and cryptocurrency in that they're, they're scarce, right? So the certain domain names have scarcity. Uh, you can never you can never have any more three-letter.com domain names. It just won't exist. Yeah. So you have it over time, will gradually increase over time. Uh, they're fairly liquid, um, and you see liquidity changes as well. Same thing with cryptocurrency. Um, they're, they're digital. They can't be taken away from you. They can't be controlled by any like other third party. You still need to control some counterparties, but it's a work in progress. And so... Um, it's, it's kind of the same thing here, right? It's the same thing. And the people that invest in domains as long-term investment strategies also see, um, cryptocurrency. And so there's a totally. overlap. Yeah. Drew totally. So much there. overlap. For, so two, two points. Um, my first introduction to Bitcoin ever. And, and when I say introduction, I mean, literally it was just the first time I like heard the name was October, 2010. And we had a, a client named Brian Cartmel. I don't know if you've ever heard of Brian Cartmel. Oh yeah, I know Brian Cartmel. He, it sounds so familiar. Um, he's so super early adopter in both domain names and Bitcoin. And um, we were- He was a customer at BitInstant in the early days. I'm he sure. Was, he was, yeah, 2012. I just looked up his email address and I helped him out with a bunch of, with a bunch of orders and stuff. And we did some business together, it looks like. Oh yeah, he helped me out with a lot of stuff. He helped. He literally one of the together. smartest guys uh, I've I've come across, um, and just unbelievable visionary. And uh, I mean, literally, he was one of the first people to ever invest in domains. One of the first people to ever invest in Bitcoin. And I remember we were brokering a domain for him. It was a pretty big domain, and you know, he called me up after we sold it, I guess, and it was October two thousand ten. I have an email somewhere with the exact date and he called me and he was like, listen, I'm, I'm basically going all in on this uh, Bitcoin thing. And, um, I think you should get some. And I was like, man, you know, I was just launching the yeah. media options at the time. It was early days. My head was occupied. I had my nose in the grindstone. And, and so I ignored him basically is the, the, the moral of the story. Um, unfortunately, but I think yeah. Bitcoin was like 26 cents or something at that time. And he was like, I'm going all in. And we just you know, sold the domain for a lot of money. And he put it all into Bitcoin. So he did well, I imagine. I don't, I don't know what's going on since then. I know that he moved to New Zealand and gave up his US citizenship. Um, yeah, he did. 
I, um, I he did that a long time ago. A long time ago. Yep. Yep. Long time before Bitcoin was, you know, probably even before it was even hundreds of dollars. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, super interesting guy. Second point I wanted to make was, um, you know, we, we have a friend in common, Gabe. I won't say his last name just in case he doesn't want me to, but um, he was the one that introduced you and I uh, in, in the first place. And um, he and I, uh, when I was living in Panama, were uh, rapping about, you know, that similarity that you were just talking about with domain names and cryptocurrency. And he didn't know anything about domains. But as soon as I started telling him my perspective on domains, he immediately got it because he, he understood Bitcoin. And um, it's, uh, it's true. The, the, the principles are, are, are the same. Um, and it's, it's mostly exactly backed by same. scarcity. It's a big, it's a big overlap. Um, it's a big overlap. Yep. So, and you know, as the future develops here, we're wondering, uh, Drew has some very interesting ideas about how your identity will be um, confirmed or portrayed in the future. Your wallet, your bank account, everything that will be wrapped up into that. Um, Drew, you want to put that question together a little better for Charlie? Well, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have it well formulated, really, but I do believe that um, we're, you know, we're moving, obviously, this is anything revolutionary. We're moving towards yeah. an all digital, all digital world. And so, um, there's lots of people coming out with different solutions for, for how to create the framework for that. Um, but to me, it's like, well, the kind of the original blockchain was the DNS system and it was. domain, domain names are, are what probably, um, other than Bitcoin, maybe debatable. Um, the most secure blockchain, most certainly the one with the longest track record and, and the most proven. And um, so to me, it's like, okay, so I, in a future where everything is digital, um, I think it makes a lot of sense for every person who wants to be connected to that world to have their own domain name in some form or another. And that domain name represents your identity. It represents how you connect to all these various networks, um, how you connect to devices and it becomes your bank account, your wallet. It becomes, you know, basically everything about you. It's your representation in a digital world. And obviously, cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, whatever, whatever, however, all that plays out, is plays a major role in all of that. But I'm wondering about all of these um, identity projects, these current, you know, crypto solutions that people are coming out with, like like Vinny, Vinny Lingham Civic, and whether or not this would disrupt that or or uh, who, who we actually just sold uh, identity.com to. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering if, if this, you know, that idea disrupts the future of those projects. So who manages the DNS? Who manages the do domain name system? It's like, a, it's an organization, right? Yeah, so there is centralization because it's, or it's managed by ICANN. But it's different. I'll tell you why it's different. Because it's still somewhat... So, so the point of decentralization is because if, if it breaks, like if you have 51% of all the miners mm -hmm. that try to do something that's anti, uh, like against the integrity yeah. of the system, the whole system collapses, right? Same yeah. thing with ICANN, right? If they were to do something and it's, it's, it's I'm assuming it's, it's somewhat transparent, right? If they, if I bought a domain yeah. name and they said, you can't use this domain name anymore because we don't like you, then kind of the whole integrity of the system would collapse and everyone who uses it would go against and say, listen, like, you know, how do we know if you're doing it to him, how do you know you're not going to do it to us? The values, everything would go away. So it's kind of the same yeah. thing. 
Yeah, I agree. And, and, and so that's always been one of my arguments that I actually, I'm glad you say that because I've had very little uh, positive feedback or, or, or agreement on that subject that ultimately, including Bitcoin, every single blockchain has an Achilles heel, which is the DNS system. I mean, the, the, the DNS system is, is the pipeline on which every packet of data has to be transferred. And you can't make an on-chain on -chain transaction without transacting over that DNS pipeline. And it all comes back to that one centralized organization of ICANN. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I think, think that'll that, change. Well, so that was actually one of the other questions I wanted to ask you is like, can you imagine a new internet? Like, do you think that that's even possible? Like, could we create a, an entirely new internet, give up everything we've built to this day and create a new, completely decentralized internet? Um, I think it'll happen with like efficiency. I think it'll happen with, with, you know, as time goes on, they need to have more efficient systems. But the problem is that the, the current DNS, um, the way it works and how everything works, it, it, it it's, it has so much market share already, it's going to be hard to change that, right? So Namecoin launched. Yeah, Namecoin, Namecoin launched and tried to have like a decentralized uh, DNS system, but it didn't, yeah. it didn't get any market share. No one wanted that. And, and with what .com domain names, unless ICANN completely gives up the, those rights to like some decentralized system, which could potentially happen if there was some incentive for them, but everyone wants, you know, what, you tell me, what's the order of, you know, we have .com, .net, .org. There's like a hierarchy, right? I actually didn't realize that the .nets were higher than .org. I thought .org would be higher. Well, so that hierarchy, as you say, has kind of been shattered in the last few years. So that was always the case, right? It was like, okay, you've got .com, .nets, maybe 10% uh, of the .com, .org is maybe 5 to 10% of the .com. Um, you know, some cases .org is better than .net. In the last few years, I think that's been completely shattered. Now you've got a thousand plus new domain extensions, all completing competing for second best. And so what that's done is it's diluted that second place tier. Yes, but I feel like it's but made .org more valuable. .org has like actually got an identity which it's been able to yeah. maintain, and .net is kind of like the redheaded stepchild that nobody ever liked. And so yeah. It's true. But Charlie, yeah. Drew, I don't know if you heard him. What Charlie just said right now was it's made dot com more valuable. Oh yeah, totally, totally, hundred percent. It's introduced people. It's now they want. Now they get. Now they buy domains. Now they want. It's the same reason that altcoins made Bitcoin more valuable. It's the I same, agree. It's the same thing. Yeah, yep. very interesting. And you know, I think you know as we're speaking of the future here, um, Drew is such a, a nomad in general, and we've really seen this age of digital nomadism become possible. Um, as yeah. we're looking at this future of an all digital world, how do you think crypto will play into that? Um, particularly with the global borders, um, what what are your thoughts surrounding that? It's, it's a good question. So, oh, you're asking me or you're asking Drew? I'm asking you, Charlie. Uh, <laughs> you're seeing, it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy world. And I mean, we can go down the rabbit hole as much as yeah. we want. It's the reason, look, I'll be honest with you. It's the reason Drew moved to Portugal. It's the reason I moved to, oh, can we not say that publicly? We have to say that you moved to. No, that's fine. Okay. okay, and I moved to Florida here. Um, it's the same thing because 
now we're in a world where people are waking up and saying, why the hell am I living in places like New York or San Francisco, right? Why am I paying crazy income taxes? Why am I crazy paying crazy property taxes? Why am I living in this cold weather and having a stupid low quality of life um, when it's such a high cost of living? It's the same thing I said, where you have your, your work. You, you can be your own boss. You can take your own, what you're good at and do it yourself instead of needing to be with a big corporation. And this started like 10 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Cryptocurrency and some of these other industries have definitely gotten a lot bigger, but it allows now for, for you to like do whatever you want and live wherever you want. And that's why I moved here. And, um, it's a different world. It's definitely so well, what's the, you know, I, I mean, I have my sort of, let's say extreme vision of where this goes like 20, 30 years out. But what do you think? Do you think that that cryptocurrency, you know, well, I, 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 one of the things super early on, I saw an interview with Roger Ver, and um, he talked about that, um, you know, one of his ideals was that, you know, Bitcoin would eliminate borders. And, and yeah. that, that really struck me like domainers were kind of the first digital nomad because by default, I mean, you know, the Internet is what created digital nomads. And, yeah. uh, you know, so that struck a nerve with me. I was like, fuck, you know, I, I don't, I'm American, but I don't necessarily feel or identify as American. I haven't lived in America for 11 years. I, my, my kids and my wife are German Pan and Panamanian. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't like the idea of borders. I don't like the idea of like, oh, but I, it's like, I just want to live in Lisbon. And it's like tomorrow I might want to live in freaking, you know, wherever, Spain or Italy and, and as long as I'm a productive member of society, most yep. places should want me to live there. And I feel like cryptocurrency is the first time where it's like, okay, it should have the ability to wipe out borders because yep. borders aren't really congruous with my needs. You know, I don't play nice with borders and borders don't play nice with me. It's, it's, and when I say borders me, it's like- so, Borders are like so stupid. I, I was just in Croatia. And I had to drive from one from like one part of Croatia to another, and Bosnia just like cuts in the middle of Croatia. It's so stupid. <laughs> and so to exit Croatia, so you have to if you're driving from like Dubrovnik to Split, you're driving up the coast, then you have to get to a big border control. You cross out of Croatia into Bosnia, then you're literally in Bosnia for six and a half minutes, and you have to exit <laughs> Bosnia and go back into Croatia. It's so stupid. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Mean. So inefficient, and it's like you know, all these digital innovations are—that's what they're made for—is is exploiting inefficiency and making markets and, and and things of you know efficient. And ultimately, all these borders are is a market. It's it's a global market that's been segmented into borders, and and it's inefficient because of those borders. Yep. Um, what do you think, though? So, if you had to guess, I mean, you obviously seem to believe sort of what I do—that it has potential. Do you think that that do you think that can happen? It all comes down to liberty. It, it, it gives us all freedom. It gives us all liberty. It gives us the ability to do whatever we want. And it's a globalized world. Um, we get on the phone and there's this kind of running joke now that we do when I do business calls. It's like we have the identity assumption. I can't assume your identity. I can't assume what passport do you hold? Drew, I have yeah. no idea. And I can't, I can't honestly try to assume what passport you hold based on your accent anymore or based on who you are or anything about you. Tess, I have no idea. I, I, you could be Chinese for all I know. And I can't yeah. insult you 
by saying that you're not, right? You could be any identity you want. What passport do you hold? And now we're in that world where it just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, and how you are. And so it's definitely changing that. And I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to – wars, you know, you have soldiers that still have military service, Austria, places like that, Norway. These are neutral countries, but you have other places where they're, they're somewhat hostile countries. And now they have uh, army service, but these are guys who are playing video games with friends all over the world. And so now you're telling them to go to a war against someone who's potentially their friend on Facebook or in video games or in crypto or whatever, they're a lot more reluctant to do it. And on the higher up, the officers, the generals, those guys are not going to want to do it either. And it's, it's it reducing the ability to fight wars. And that's why it changes. Very, yeah. very interesting. Yeah. It'll be neat to see what, what does develop in the next 20 to 30 years. Give me a timeline. What do you think? You, you know, just, just ballpark. What do you think? I think it's a scale. I think we've seen. I think we've already seen it happen. I think we've already seen it happen. But it's definitely a scale over time. It's not going to be yeah, like sure. today, tomorrow. But it's happening. I'm, it's happening fast, and it's 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 definitely like it's going to be like a, like a hockey stick, and it's changing. Yeah. And we're going to see. You're seeing a lot of like pushback. You're going to see. Um, Right now, we, we quantify human beings with money, and it's a big problem because money is a big way to quantify our um, – it's, it's the only way to quantify our um, uh, a scoring system in the world. And there's other things like social credit, right, how many Instagram followers you have. and So that's kind of changing, but you're seeing now a lot of countries offer passports for, you know, investment visas, and you could buy a, you could buy a passport. And – Yes, the barrier for entry is high, $200,000 and up, but it's not tens of millions. $200,000 is definitely doable for a certain class of people, and that's going to that's gonna decrease. So that what they're going to do is you, I guarantee you'll see countries now offer passports where if you, if you work for a company based in this country and you work for them for a year and a half, they'll give you a passport. So now it's going to be based on like job skill and like socioeconomic contribution. And you're going to see that and you're going to see uh, passport arbitrage. You're going to see countries yeah. now, oh, we want this guy, we want this guy. We have, and then one day we're going to wake up and we're going to say, what the hell is the point of a passport anyways? And it's, yeah. going to, it's going to change everything. Who needs a passport when you got a domain name? True story. So... Um, Couple things, I you know you were talking about the asset allocation with the property and this, and, and I and I was wa- listening to an interview last night with you, and you talked about I think it was from you know a few years ago, um, I think it was before before right before you got married I believe or mm. I I don't remember, and you you talked about thirty three percent crypto thirty three percent fiat thirty three percent property, is that still an allocation you feel comfortable in? That's a good, it's a good allocation if you, um, so that's pretty much what my portfolio is at. The thing is, so if the real estate is income producing, then it's good. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you can live off that income producing real estate, even better. It's hard to do that um, because after taxes and and insurance and costs, you're probably making, you know, if you can make, if you can make 6%, if you can make 8% or 9%, then you're paying three, 4%. So that other stuff, and then you're living off the other five percent. That's not bad. That's that's pretty good. That's what I aim for. But that offsets. That's hard to achieve. It's hard to achieve. It's hard to find today. So you need to create other income. Um, And my my goal is like that fire kind of goal. My goal is to have enough money to be able to live off the income in a somewhat passive way. 
passive meaning that I'm, I'm, I'm giving hours to it every week, but I'm not like dealing with it on a nine to five basis. And it's hard yeah. to get to, um, very hard to get there, but yeah, that's kind of like the goal. So yeah, real estate, crypto and cash. Now I'm starting to wonder if like, maybe it's a good idea to have that cash in more than one currency, you know, having it all in dollars is kind of foolish. Um, euros, Swiss francs, uh, gold. I when we say fiat, I think, you know, we're also talking about, you know, fiat denominated uh, instruments. So it could be equities, could be um, yeah. you know, bonds, could be liquid. You know, yeah. Liquid. What something thing, with things which are relatively liquid? I just don't trust. I know. I just don't. I, I know I'm only getting 2% with dollars in the bank account and that's a good industry. I just have a hard time trusting like, like buying bonds i have a hard time trusting the uh, stock me market. too and i'm one of the I, few I, I just, I, i'm with you 100 percent. i i, I nothing in the stock market yeah i don't i don't it. i simply don't trust it it doesn't it doesn't make sense you know it's like no. i love amazon man i i think amazon is the bee's knees i my you know we've got multiple packages coming to the house every day from amazon if i could buy everything that i buy i'd buy it from amazon if i could buy my car on amazon i'd buy it on amazon but that being said, it doesn't make any sense to buy equity in a company. This being said, I do own some stock in Amazon, but it doesn't make, it still doesn't make sense to me. I don't feel good about that investment because it's like, it would take something like 99 years or something to get a return yeah. on that investment. And it's like, how does that make sense to anybody? Um, no, you know, it's you're crazy. betting on this like artificial inflation and growth that doesn't People make don't sense. Realize so, so that's the thing people, Amazon is a country in of itself. Like if we look at the numbers, totally. Amazon has created, um, I think a little under half a million jobs, right? Around the world, half a million jobs, right there. They got 50,000 applicants a day and they've, they've created more jobs than like 46 states in the past quarter. And it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing to think about, right? That's a great example. Um, but we don't give them any credit. We just look how bad. I have a lot of friends who work for Amazon and everyone wants, they treat their people right. It's a great company to work for. And it's like a good example. Um, so why can't like you have an app, an Amazon passport, but then but we have to be very careful. There's a great book called Jennifer government that people should read. It's called Jennifer government because the, the lady that the book is about, her name is Jennifer. She works for the government. So her last name is the word government. But if you work for like Microsoft, your name is David Microsoft. So your identity becomes attached to the company you work for. But it's like Black Mirror stuff. It's like extreme yeah. opposite. You know what I mean? But it's yeah, interesting. But so, yeah, it's good to read that stuff or watch that stuff because it, it, it some, some, you know, it's like watching Star Trek in the 90s. You know, it's like, you know, Star Trek in the 90s, it seemed very foreign and insane at that time or even the Jetsons, right? It's like, but yeah. Shit we're going to be pretty close to there in the next five years, 10 years, you know, you'll be able to go. And like, I mean, I remember thinking the coolest thing on earth would be if I had that machine in star Trek where I just go and I'm like, computer, I want a, you know, latte macchiato. And then, you know, the computer basically prints a latte macchiato out of, you know, thin air out of atoms, molecules. And, you know, or you could easily say, I want to, you know, a steak dinner. Um, and, we're so close to that. We're printing organs. We're printing. I just yeah, read something crazy. five minutes ago. We're printing blood vessels. They just discovered That's how crazy. to print blood vessels. It's like, crazy. So 
it's probably not that insane, even though it's, you know, you say, oh, it's Black Mirror stuff, it's way off, you know, but it probably is pretty good at foreshadowing where we're going. Yeah. So, um, sorry, in the introduction, you know, you were talking about uh, Bit Instant, and, you know, that didn't have a particularly happy ending, unfortunately. Um, and yeah, I don't but it was like, no, it's okay. It's like, it was part of like the process. Yeah. You know, the company couldn't exist longer than it, it kind of outgrew itself. The industry yeah. outgrew that the company was started for a specific reason and, and, um, fill the vacuum. It, it filled the vacuum, but it kind of, the industry outgrew, um, the company. It was kind of like training wheels and we had, we, we had an okay ending. The government came out with regulations that says, all right, now Bitcoin's money in 2013. Yeah. You need all these licenses. And I was like, all right, well, the comp, you know, my, my competition raised tens of millions of dollars and we're okay with it. Um, yeah. they let them deal with it. I was good. Three years running a company, I was exhausted. Yeah. I don't blame I think, you. Yeah, it's particularly different in these emerging um, markets of um, actually of cryptocurrency and domain names. A lot of law isn't written. A lot um, you see in the very beginnings so many companies and individuals are affected. Like Drew and I just did an interview with the Internet Commerce Association and they're trying to get, you know, some laws to be created for domain names that have at least been around, you know, 20 years longer than cryptocurrency has. And, um, and it's, a, it's a huge, huge struggle. Um, I actually want to ask, what is the difference between cryptocurrency and digital currency? Can you just speak to that real quick? Uh so, so, so the idea of digital currency has been around a very long time. Digital currency is basically, well, like our dollar is technically digital currency, right? Digital currency is basically um, currency that's digital. It's not physical, you know, a $20 bill in your wallet. Your bank account is digital currency. Yeah. I think it's like, I don't know the exact number, but it's less than 10% of the actual dollars in circulation are physical. The rest of them are, is digital. Then there's like digital currency that's not government created. So there was like e-gold and there was... PayPal dollars, right? Like PayPal dollars are worth different than dollars in, in your bank account because there's like a cost to getting it there and whatever. Um, yeah, wait, so on pay, PayPal, on the subject of PayPal, uh, when we started Media Options in Panama, um, Panama, uh, uh, I guess it's because of the banking laws or whatever, but PayPal is actually not a bank. Um, and if you are a Panamanian customer, a corporate customer or, or private citizen. Oh, and really? so like we would, uh, we ended up doing a lot of business in PayPal, but you can't withdraw your money. So it was like, you feel like, Oh yeah, sure. We just sold a domain name and we got uh, $5,000 on. So what do you PayPal do with it? Account. You can only spend it by PayPal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's, it's interesting only that, good within the PayPal ecosystem, and very few people even know that. Um, and there's some other jurisdictions where PayPal does that, where they don't have a bank license. And so you can receive money, and you can have it, you can send it, you can spend it, but you cannot take it out of the PayPal ecosystem. So that's pretty interesting. So that, that's like, that's like, you know what that reminds me of? When the whole Cyprus thing was going on, I knew people who were willing to say, hey, I have a million dollars, I have a million euros in my bank account in Cyprus. If you let me transfer it to your bank account in Cyprus, um, 
you'll give me 790,000 euros in, in somewhere else in Germany, for example. Yeah. The value of a euro in Cyprus was different than the value of a euro in Germany because, because people couldn't get it out. It's interesting. Yeah. No, money, money, money's relative. Money is completely it is. subjective. It, it's, um, it's very interesting. It's, it's relative to something else. So, so money is a value relative to something else, right? So the dollar was, was, was value relative to gold. And it's an interesting, it's, it's a huge rabbit hole that we can go down for. Yeah. <laughs> so Charlie, so, oh, go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Well, so the, the, the last question that I had written down here that I was really interested to hear more about as it pertains to domains and some of the other things that I'm interested in, like real estate investment and, and art, et cetera, is the idea of security tokens. And that seems to be like, I mean, I, I wouldn't call, um, I, I don't think I'm deep enough in the crypto world uh, to even say I'm a Bitcoin maximalist or, or mm. a maximalist or a, I don't think I can identify as anything other than, you know, to me, so let me back up one second. So to me, what I've sort of always believed since, since like Ethereum popped up um, and then followed by a bazillion other things, I felt like Bitcoin was the dot com. It was like nothing else really matters. And even though yeah. like you can do all these value added things with all these other currencies and it might not, Bitcoin doesn't move as fast as some of these other ones. It's like, I feel like everything else is just a test bed and it's like, okay, cool. You've launched this other new cryptocurrency and it's got all these cool functionalities and it might do this better than Bitcoin. It might do that better than Bitcoin. It doesn't matter. Um, it's all the same. Bitcoin had the market yeah. share and that's what mattered. Yeah, but, but in the end, won't like once these these functionalities are proven out, wouldn't Bitcoin just adopt them through a hardware yes, software? Later? That was the, that was the the debate that, and that's what was my was our that was and is my argument over the over the course of time. The difference is this: technologically speaking, um, you know what something will do when you write the code for it. But uh, with psychology, you don't know how people react to it. So when I say that, like, you know, even something simple as changing the block reward time, which will make something a little bit less secure or changing the way rewards are set up or whatever, that could be a fundamental shift in socioeconomics. And Bitcoin is a very fragile, like, socioeconomic experiment, and it works. And it's been through, the, it's been through these... Tr trials and tribulations of time over the past eight or nine years, right? And it's been through the bear and the bull and the bear and the bull and it works. And so the developers and the people that are invested in, in the, in the project are very reluctant to make these sudden changes unless they're tested over the course of time, because it could yeah. break everything, which is why something as simple as like bigger blocks was so vehemently opposed because let someone else try it first and then yeah. we'll see how it works on Bitcoin, which we saw they launched it with, with Bitcoin Cash, and it didn't work. Um, the, it, the bigger blocks don't work because it centralizes control in the hands of very few people. And yeah. so that's why, that's, that's the problem. And so, but I don't even think it's a problem. I think it's the right method. It's just- It definitely you know, is. Everybody's impatient and they want everything now. And I yeah. think you just have to wait for it to flush out. And I think that that, 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 that um, hypothesis, if you will, is, well, it's the same as what I've got. It, 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 it seems like, oh, okay, well, let, let some of these new fundamental things 
play out over the next five years. And if they work and nothing breaks, then great, let's put it into Bitcoin. Um, exactly. But I've just never, it's like, I, 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 I tried my hand, you know, at the roulette table, you know, buying a bunch of altcoins and, you know, it's not my daily thing. But I guess, I guess there's a lot of money to be made if you're going to be trading it, which yeah. people could do uh, with some advice from your, your crypto IQ, um, yeah. which I'm also a subscriber to, by the way. Um, but I think, I think, you know, ultimately I just always come back to the thing of, it's just all going to be Bitcoin later when it all is said and done. So, but on that, that's what it comes down to on that same note. Okay. The the one, the place where I break away from that is this idea of security tokens. And I really love this concept because I'm a, I'm a deal guy. Like I don't like building things too much. I like. I like buying things and selling them and arbitraging and finding, you know, market inefficiencies. And that's where I thrive. And so the idea of security tokens is like, how cool is this? Now, instead of having to buy a house and dealing with the plumber and the electrician and the property taxes and all this stuff, it's like you can buy a fractional token of a really awesome property. Yeah, it works. It's just then you have the jurisdiction that you have to figure out how that works. And then there's, there's all these laws and everything. And it'll it'll come through and they they are really cool and it'll come through. It'll just it'll just take take some time for that to work out. But I think that's definitely something that's gonna happen. So talk to me about that. That's that that's that was one of the things, you know, I think um, sorry. Um, that I was really intrigued to hear a little bit more about. Um, you know, if you Yeah, security you tokens are Security tokens, you know, the, the, the method of which attaching the asset to the token itself, that still hasn't been figured out because it relies on a counterparty, whether it's a company or it's a jurisdiction or it's a government. So no one has figured that out. What you need to happen is you need like an army, like a government to basically say, all right, we acknowledge that if you own this token, you own this property. And until that happens, you have to rely on a company and the company could go out of business or the company could screw you over. And there's a counterparty. People don't really want to do it. So I don't see that happening until that jurisdiction comes out. So this is why, this is what boggles my mind. And I had sort of briefly mentioned this to you before, but um, it makes so much sense to me that because domain names and cryptocurrency play so nicely together, uh, that domain names should be the first securitized asset to be tokenized. Because you don't require... Yeah, it's definitely a good idea. There's no counterparty. You don't need a counterparty. You, with the current technology, okay, there's no registrar which provides this or has the capability today. But technologically speaking, it is fully possible today to take the domain name, fractionalize it, tokenize it, issue these tokens, trade the tokens, and, and you know, um, have that through the current registrar system, have that domain living at a registrar and I mean, okay, ultimately the, the registrar represents a counterparty, but they're governed by ICANN, which, you know, controls the whole thing. So it's a uh, good idea. The only thing is, is that domains have to be income producing for people to want to even trade it. They can't just be like something that people want to hold long term because then it won't really, it's more like a long term asset type of thing, which could be still good, but it won't be traded much. And um, look at the art market. Yeah. But people own the art and they get value from having the art hung up in their homes. Um, they get the sentimental value. It's a little bit different in properties. Although most, I think it's something like 80% or even 90% of the world's most valuable art 
is not hanging on somebody's wall. It's sitting in a storage in Switzerland or in Panama or in Singapore. True, but it's the same. It's the same thing that people don't sell their crypto. Why does it have value? But it's knowing that they could sell it at any given time is what gives it value. So knowing that I could hang art or sell it to a museum so people can enjoy it. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think if you could create some some utility off the domain names, create some some domain leases or something like that where people are using the domain names, then that would that would give a reason to securitize it. So that's my that's my idea is that I feel like it self perpetuates. If you if you tokenize it, you allow fractional ownership, you increase the pool of people who would be um, capable and interested to invest into the domain market. Second of all, yep. by fractionalizing it, you're offering social proof. So it's like, well, there's 5,000 other people who own parts of this domain name. I feel comfortable owning a part of that domain name as opposed to yep. I'm going to be the guy that goes all in on this domain name. Um, and then lastly, the more, if you increase the pool of people who are interested in the market, you increase liquidity and you increase values. True story. It'll, it'll help everything along the way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it would sort of self uh, fix all the, all the issues you know, that we've flushed out. I think over time it'll be great. It'll be a great way for people to earn like more passive income as well. You and so as the values increase, right, as the values increase, then you get into a market like you did with commercial real estate where commercial real estate became so expensive that most people don't buy it, they lease it. And so if yeah. domain names are basically the ownership of the domain becomes decentralized. So you're de-risking the use of that domain as a leasee, as opposed to having to deal with one crazy schmuck, you know, who lives in yeah. Panama, <laughs> I turn the domain off on you. Um, yeah. So, now you've got the domain names have increased in value where it makes more sense to lease than to own. And so now those token, the, the tokens do generate income through the lease of that, of that, uh, that domain name. Uh, I mean, I know we're a long way away from there, but I feel like yeah. that is, no, you should try it the, out. it's the most straightforward path to, to, uh, security tokens, um, of any, any other, you know, case use case I've, I've, I've seen so far uh, because of everything you said, it's like, you know, sure. sounds great in terms of real estate, but yeah. you know, I don't actually have a claim to that real estate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Drew, you have been talking about the intersection of domains and cryptocurrency for years when no one has been talking about it. Um, I think that you've developed this fabulous vision I'm curious, Charlie, do you see any, um, do you have any advice for that vision besides, I heard you say go for it. Um, no, just any, build it. But build that, it create a use, as it create a use case, find a, a few domains that can create some income, some le lease domains, and, and then uh, create a security token around it and, and break it up and see, and see what happens. It can't hurt. Thanks. Um, but I gotta, I gotta run. In my map, my mouse died. I gotta run in twelve minutes. And my mouse died. I gotta be somewhere twelve minutes. And my mouse died. Not a problem. Big problem. I, yeah, I think we're, <laughs> I, I think we're, you know, pretty much good. Um, awesome. I mean, I could literally rap with you about this shit all day, but I know. Uh, yeah, I Charlie. Before you go, um, you know, tell us, uh, you know, um, if you have anything you want to show to our audience. Oh. 
I mean, promote uh, anything you want to promote to our Just check audience. Out, check out Crypto IQ, our site, crypto.iq. It's an education newsletter company for 30 bucks a month. You get access to all the data that's in my brain and all the research reports and, and trading signals and everything we put out. You'll love it. Um, it's a no-brainer and an easy, easy, uh, easy subscription fee. Fantastic. Well, it looks it looks really fabulous. CryptoIQ.com. Um, Charlie, you are a big deal. Thank you so much. Thank you. For Thanks time. for having me, guys. Uh, Great to have you. you later. Later. Super, okay. super glad. Thank you, Charlie. Bye. Bye-bye.